Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 594 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever and coming up on the show. With Anti-Bullying Week running from the 16th through to the 20th of November, we'll be having a chat with Graham Harris. He's author of a book, Bullied Back to Life, looking at case studies of six people who have suffered at the hands of bullies. Also, there's music in there too, as we find out about what's going on with Amy Newman. She is one of those case studies and wrote a song, which has now been professionally produced We'll be hearing all about that. We'll be joined by Ollie from the King's Parade to have a chat about their music. Also, music from Ian Prowse. He's got his lockdown live sessions back on, so we'll be having a chat with him. We'll be meeting up with the cast of the wonderful production of Jack and the Beanstalk, a bite-sized panto taking place at the Litchfield Garrick, so you can see what happened when I had a bit of a natter with them all about what's going on. And on top of that, we'll also be nattering with Rob Bowers, talking about how artists have been producing great things to appear at craft fairs in the run to Christmas for Christmas gifts. Those are on hold until at least the 2nd of December, so we'll be finding out about how we can get hold of his work online and also talking generally about the way in which we can get some fantastic, unique Christmas gifts by sharing the skills of those around us in our local community. That's all coming up on the show this week. As seems to be traditional, whenever we're heading into lockdown, I like to have a chat with Ian Prowse. He's been doing some fantastic lockdown live shows and he joins me now from Liverpool. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you keeping out of trouble? Uh, yeah. I'm being forced, forced to keep out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, you're a regular in the Midlands. We love how you, when you come and play in Wolverhampton. I adore your music, which is my excuse for getting you on the line now. And uh, obviously, uh, with these difficult times and the lack of live music, uh, d- did you manage to do any gigs in the middle? Was there anything that took place in real life? Yeah, I did um, between the two lockdowns. <laughs> Um, I did six gigs. I played in there, and I played kind of down your neck of the woods in Kings Heath in Birmingham. I did a sold-out gig. I missed that there. one. No, well, it's sold out, so I got no. I've got a good excuse for not being able to get there. But yeah, and that, that was great. That, that must have been a weird thing. experience, though, because working to yeah a smaller audience, socially distanced, uh, so it takes you back to the early days of the career, I suppose. Yeah, it it it, it was strange, but I have to say that the audiences were so hungry for gigs that it, all six gigs were just fantastic. You know, people people sang along from the, the very first notes to the end. They were so, uh, you know, they was, they'd been denied live music for so long that, that everybody was right into it. And I think that'll happen again, you know, when hopefully next year we start to gradually get back to some sort of normality. I think the gigs are going to be fantastic. You know? I, yeah, so, I, I think it'll be absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, people will, will need this, and they need their live music. And you say you're doing your uh, your live sessions again with several hundred people watching you each Friday night. And I mean that must be uh, not, not financially rewarding, admittedly, but it, it is still uh, quite a badge of honour, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Friday nights have become uh, something which none of us envisioned, really. It, 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 it's kind of it it grew swiftly into you know a genuine like a sort of a service almost like a social service for people who were you know kind of struggling to understand what lockdown was why it was happening um you know the, the isolation that was going on and then uh, they they knew that on a friday night they could have some respite from all that mm-hmm. and a damn good sing song and as i always say about friday night it's not about me it's about all of us you know, we all get together. I sing the songs mm-hmm. and tell the stories, and you know, and it's a bit like a wild um, sort of musical, <laughs> you know, night out, really. But it's about the community that we've grown, and anybody is welcome because it's a, you know, it's a, it's just on Facebook Live. But I think the first the first ten minutes of any Friday Night Live show, people don't listen to the songs and singing; they're all busy saying hello to each other. You know, they're all <laughs> sending messages. And so you got fans from. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of the, of the way that it's all worked out, you know. And fans from across the uh, the UK and beyond. And uh, so this is 
you know, from a city which has also seen the, a, a lot of the, the, the worst publicity as far as um, the, the virus has gone as well. And uh, I know, you know, in Wolverhampton, we went into what was a higher tier before the tier system came in. But uh, Liverpool's straight in and in the, the worst tier. And avoiding the, the politics surrounding a lot of this, I think Liverpool has, has done itself proud the way it's accepted what needs to be done. Uh, as Liverpool always does. I mean, you know my interest in the city. I've spent my three years at uni there, and yeah. it's a place that I absolutely love. Uh, yeah. And it's and it, it suffered over the years under under different governments. But uh, the politics aside, I mean, the, with the, the testing regime, which is looking like it's going in there, I mean, what is that like? Are you starting to see that sort of thing happening? How does it work? Well, there's a, there's a conversation going on between the people themselves here in Liverpool um, about, you know, because everybody can get free testing now and you can get tested within 20 minutes. And I know a lot of people who've actually uh, gone and done it and uh, and are praising it, praising how how well it is. Um, it, it's been rolled out, actually. And if everybody in the city can get tested immediately, then that's going to be a massive help for us to return to normality. So they do get my support. But obviously, this is Liverpool. And the British Army being on our streets is something that <laughs> fills people, fills a lot of people up with uh, trepidation. And, you know, people remember when uh, Winston Churchill put gunboats in the Mersey and pointed them at us. So, uh, so whilst we're, 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 we're kind of we're, we're having a conversation, we're going to go, OK, let's keep one eye on them, but let's try and use this for, for you know, the po- it is the Tory party after all, but for, for positive. So, so we're not doing uh, politics. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, uh, historically, uh, Liverpool considers itself as in England, but not of it. So, but a, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us progressives here in the city are, are kind of championing it and saying, because I've been tested myself, you know, and thankfully I was negative, and it's it's not a very pleasant experience, but it is, uh, it's, it's, it's worth doing. Because if, if we can get ahead in the whole country, then, you know, why the hell not, you know? And it'll be interesting to see what what comes out of this. And it it gives actual data as well. And I think something that's going to be interesting is to see how that data comes together for a city that we know has had problems. I mean, Liverpool is a social city. The Midlands are a social area as well. These are bits of the UK where we see people coming together regularly. And again, this is how you fit in so well down here and and vice versa. Liverpool is a place where people uh, go to for the entertainment culture. I know in Wolverhampton at the race course, we regularly have huge trips of people coming down from Merseyside to to watch the racing because they love the Midlands too. And there is a, a great communion between our places, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, it's this this wave this time has been uh, what I what we probably would have expected the first wave in March and April because it's come so much closer to home. We've all known so many more people who've actually either either got the virus, had it, or I know three people personally who haven't made it and they passed away. Um, you know, uh, and some really close to home. So it's it's really, um, it's hit us, I think the whole country, a lot harder this time. It seems to be everywhere. And so if most people are kind of, uh, most right-thinking people are of the mind of, let's do whatever it needs to be to keep our people safe. You know, like, like everywhere else, we do have our uh, cosmic conspiracy theory uh, lunatics, but that's just uh, that's just one of the modern side effects of of the, of the internet. I think yeah, everyone's allowed a keyboard. Unfortunately, there should be a I don't know. If we start if we start policing that, we take away the the freedoms that we enjoy, which is half the problem, isn't it? So you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's a tricky one. <laughs> but uh, uh, whilst that's ongoing, obviously, whilst uh, the, the situation we're in, we don't know how long this lockdown is potentially going to continue. We know that the second of December is the aim for it to finish, and we'll see what happens there. We're hoping for a, a good Christmas, but. Either way, I think there could well be an Ian Prowse Christmas gig coming to us online, whatever happens, couldn't there? Well, I've spoken to the Liverpool Philharmonic, who've kindly uh, taken on the uh, our Christmas gig this year because it just wasn't possible to do it at the O2 Academy because everybody, you know, there's like 800 people scrunched up close to each other. Um, so they, they can socially distance at the film. So they've taken it on and we've done a lot of negotiations and we've decided to do two shows, a matinee show and then an evening show. And I think there's only three tickets left for the matinee. So it's gonna they're gonna sell out. 
and it won't be quite be the same but we've still got to be playing with our 14 piece band and um, importantly the Philharmonic phoned me the other day to say that they really think it's going to happen and the reason for that is is because the whole city of Liverpool is being tested and don't forget we've got you know we've got another three weeks of, of national lockdown and we're being uh, Liverpool has access to all of this testing unlike anywhere else in the country so we are very optimistic that our uh, Christmas show will actually take place and it will be we will sock it to people <laughs> and the reason for that uh, my old mates is because we want to defiantly say goodbye to 2020 as so many people do you know absolutely that is completely understandable well whatever happens uh, we will see more from you online there'll be plenty for us to uh, enjoy down here in Wolverhampton and uh, that continues with your Friday nights give us another plug for the Friday night stuff before we take a listen to something that happened yeah. on, on Friday gone yeah just just um, come to uh, the Ian Prowse uh, my personal Facebook a Friday night. It's usually about two minutes past eight. I'm usually late, <laughs> and uh, and join in what is a, a beautiful community. You'd be very welcome. So from last Friday, I've got to steal this off your uh, Facebook timeline now. But what are we going to take a listen to? Why don't you um, Why don't you take uh, track one, which would be uh, We Ride at Dawn, off my last album, uh, Here I Lie. Well, this is a taste for what it's like live with Ian Prowse from his front room to the world. Uh, talented performer, with no doubt at all. And I'm mean, great friends with the likes of Martin and the gang from the Midlands as well. So, I mean, you, you were part of that whole music scene at, at that time and it continues to be the case. Lovely to catch up with you. We need you back in the Midlands soon. We want you in Wolverhampton down at the Slade Rooms. That'd be fantastic to see you there. But for now, Ian Prowse, thanks for joining us. Anytime, mate.
With the cancellation or postponement of many craft fairs throughout November with the lockdown and things not able to restart until at least the 2nd of December, this is obviously affecting our craftsmen and women across the UK who normally sell unique gifts at this time of year. Somebody who is unique throughout the year is Robert Bowers who joins me now. Hello. Morning. How are we doing? You okay? I'm all right, Jason. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now, you've had a busy few months preparing for what should have been a good Christmas season. Obviously, we're not going to let the fact that you can't go to these craft fairs hamper us, but it does mean that there are people like you who've got a great load of fantastic Christmas gifts, which are now going to have to be bought by post. Yes, which that's the benefit of um, of the internet, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You can't get out there because everything's locked down and nobody's allowed to set up stalls or or anything so in essence it's nice to stop at home and work yeah but I mean obviously you've spent a lot of time preparing for this and the, I mean this is normally about a chance to go out and meet the artists people who've created things that you want to give because you don't you want to keep the money local which is always good you want to make sure that the money's going to the right sort of people rather than big corporates uh, but equally it is getting that unique and different gift and something which somebody's going to treasure and love because of the amount of love and effort that's been put into it everybody wants something that's like you say, unique and special to them, and maybe commission a piece that's like ultra special to them mm-hmm. as a gift. Um, and the fact that it's done by local artists, local people, to wherever you know you're buying from, it just makes their Christmas present that much special, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they say it is that thing that, that they will keep. It might be uh, a piece of artwork. It, it could be something practical. Uh, I mean, I know within the range of what you're doing, we've got all sorts of leather goods through. Uh, portraiture through uh, uh, some absolutely brilliant sculptures and uh, you're even say making bespoke uh, animal heads so people can have their pet immortalized yeah yeah it's just giving people um, a complete range and also pocket price as well Mm -hmm. you know so there's something for everybody it's not just um, oh a piece of art is thousands of pounds it ranges from five pound Ten pound upwards. Yeah, I mean you can have a massive sculpture, specifically, you know, specifically done for your garden if you want to. Uh, but uh, equally, uh, so it's something which, which starts to say a, a sensible price, but it's still putting money into the pockets of, of people who, who haven't been able to do a lot of what they would normally do throughout the year as well. And uh, you know, particularly when it comes down to things like art classes and the like, where often people are running evening schools or, or, or similar that income just hasn't been there for them because for so much of the year these places have not been open or accessible. Yeah, it's like last night. I mean, I took delivery last night of um, a lemon drizzle cake Mm -hmm. by a a local baker, uh, a young chap called Dan, who lives in our village. Um, His prices are ridiculously cheap for what you get. And then the cake, hand-delivered to your house, Jason, the cake is to die for. (laughs) So... Good, good quality stuff, Calvin K. Who can go wrong with a cake delivery? It sounds fantastic to me. I mean, I've, I've been in the past. We've had a chat with uh, a young lady in Wolverhampton who uh, produces cheesecake, Gossie's cheesecakes. There are all sorts of people out there who are doing these things, and, and if you look for it, and Facebook and the like are a great place to do that. You can see an amazing range of things that are there, and. You can buy local and enjoy it. And we've already been urged to make sure we enjoy using our, our local takeaways. Go to the family-run takeaway in town and, and, and make sure we're keeping that money locally, uh, but equally uh, getting a service that you, you know you want anyway. Well, I mean, and plus as well, you're not leaving the house. No queues, mm-hmm. no traffic. <clears throat> Sounds good to me. So you've got a range of items online as has uh, Hannah Broadhead who uh, do you, you co- I should say collaborate with on this one because uh, I know you, you do some great stuff together so uh, tell us uh, a bit about what we can do and what we can find from you two well with Hannah you can find uh, there's there's pet portraits there's paintings there's prints and then I'll show you one of Ironbridge mm-hmm yeah, something, something which is special, something which is local. And these uh, pieces of art, I mean, they, they are unique. And whether you, you, you might go for print, uh, as obviously there's a lot of interest in some pieces, uh, but it, it gives uh, the, the artist chance to, to share their work and you to have something which, which is special and, and, and local. And it, it's, the, it, it's great to see this sort of thing being produced. And so I know you've done a, a great range of, of leatherworks and items too. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of leather work, um, a lot of card pouches, pouches that fit to your key ring so you don't lose things, mm-hmm. um, bags, wallets, 
everything, everything and anything, Jason. It's been diverse. And it's, it's no good just having one tool in your tool bag when you've got a lot of jobs. Yeah, and the, that's, that's the thing. Everybody seems to be working any in which way they can at the moment. And uh, I know you, you never want to shy away from work in any way whatsoever. And uh, there's some amazing things that I've seen you produce over the years. So if people want to find your work, where do they go to? Just Facebook Robert Bowers mm-hmm. or Facebook Hannah Broadhead, and, Hannah Broadhead Fine Art. Yep, and it is absolutely that. And uh, you can see what is available to buy there. And again, do get in touch. If, if somebody wants something, I mean, you guys will do it at a sense of price. And when, when you're buying from a gallery, I know the galleries are essential for many, many artists, but you have to remember the galleries have to pay for their space too. Now, they are, of course, closed at the moment anyway, but... Uh, you, you, they will take a commission, whereas this way, every penny you spend goes back to the materials and the artist's time. Well, gallery work, there's a difference between gallery work and work that you do for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we create the, uh, a range where anybody can buy it, but we also have to create gallery work where it goes to private collectors um, and corporate collectors. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's it's channeling right the way across not leaving anybody out well, this is it as well so yeah you are, you're producing a, a product and it's like in, in a gallery it does have to be a different thing because often it has to be reproducible and uh, we so you you know you can buy something that's within a range because they have to mark it whereas here you're also then bringing as we say those those unique items which are it's something that's much more personal and uh, I think that again it, it art just talks to you and I think that that, that helps here doesn't it so you know it, it is good to, uh, to, to to see the sort of stuff that we've got going on so we're looking for Robert Bowers or Anna Broadhead Fine Art on Facebook and uh, you can explore what is there and available I mean good luck with it I mean fingers crossed there'll be a few uh, shows in December and people will be able to come along and see you in no doubt some sort of interestingly decorated mask at some point <laughs> You know it. <laughs> yeah, has to be done, doesn't it? Rob, always good to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing more of your work online and where people can buy it and enjoy some fantastic, unique Christmas gifts. Bless you, Jason. Thank you. The King's Parade is celebrating the release of their latest single, Brother, but this is one of a number that are coming out between now and when their album is released. To tell us more about their world and what's going on, I'm joined now by Ollie Corp. Hello, sir. Hey, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I trust the world is treating you reasonably well under the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah, as good as it can be. Which is the way we like it. So, what is going on? Because uh, you tell me you have seven singles on the way. Now, that sounds like an album's worth of tracks before we even get to the album. Right. So, that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we've decided to release every single song off the album as a single. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously are in love with every song. We thought, why not do that while we can't gig and we can't go out there and, and, and play them to, to everyone. So what has it been like for you? I mean, obviously we've had a, a period of not quite normality, but the middle bit between lockdowns now, sort of a, a donut of some things happening. What were you able to do during that time that brought this album to fruition? Well, the, the good thing was we were able to kind of put some finishing touches uh, on the album and also record the videos, which is such a, a big deal for us. We really love, you know, putting video to our music and come up with concepts. So we managed to record a couple of videos in that time, uh, which is really lucky. And it was great. So do you have one for Brother? Yes, it just came out last week. And it's actually, we're really happy with how it's gone down. People are loving it. It's a super dark video. We recorded it in Brighton, well, in, in Hove, I should say. And it's a really kind of, it's, it, it took a lot of effort. It's a one shot again, we love to kind of challenge ourselves. And it was done in slow-mo, so it was only actually 30 seconds of, of footage. But we slowed it down and yeah, I absolutely love it. That does mean if you do need to retake it, 30 seconds isn't too long to work with. But uh, again, that means <laughs> precision as well, because slow motion can, uh, to, can bring everything forward. We'll take a look at that in a minute or two's time. But before we do, I mean, where are you musically? We've done four EPs before. So yeah, yeah it's taken us a bit of time to get to this point. And realistically, it's because we weren't quite ready to, to do that because we we like to invest ourselves emotionally like fully into what we're doing and an album takes a lot of time I mean we started this about a year and a half ago 
Um, so it, it, it feels so nice to kind of be reaping the rewards from this album, but um, it felt right. It was the right time to do it. And with the, the songs in there, I mean, where do you go for inspiration? How does the band work? I mean, do you have a one songwriter or is it really a full collaboration? And, and shout out to the rest of the gang too. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's a bit of both really. I, I tend to write the songs and the lyrics. Um, I'll come up with a concept. I've, I've always been writing. I love writing melodies and writing chords around them. And then we'll kind of regroup and put the songs together and then we'll kind of restructure and reform and remake until we're all really happy with it. So it's a, it is a, a collaboration, which is amazing. And again, this is the sort of thing I suppose you'll continue uh, through uh, online methods uh, during the next month. And then uh, who knows what, uh, what December and Christmas will bring. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's obviously really weird at the moment. We all know, but um, we're making things work. And the last lockdown, we, we did a bunch of live sessions, obviously separately, but just chatting to our fans and getting to know our fans. And as we approach Christmas, I think we're going to do a few more of those and, We've got a single that's going to come out, come out just before Christmas, which is a really beautiful single. So everyone should keep an ear out for that. Okay, but you've not been tempted to do a Christmas song as yet. <laughs> not this year. Who knows? Who knows what next year will bring? Twenty twenty one, maybe it's the Christmas album. That that could be good. I mean, maybe your 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 take on Otanenbao, that sort of thing, that could be quite intriguing. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I know a one one shot video with that could prove to be quite good fun as well. <laughs> as you as you maybe put up your Christmas tree, maybe do that in compressed rather than slow motion. Yeah. Though. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of stuff ahead. But uh, obviously, lots of uh, bits and pieces online. Uh, are any of the stuff from earlier this year still available? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, e everything's uh, kind of still available on our website, and you can find everything there. So. Okay, so where do we go to, and uh, how do we find your music? So the best way is to just type the King's Parade in Google, and then everything will come up. If not, head to thekingsparade.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you'll find everything there, and yeah. It just points you all in the right direction. And when it comes down to the music, which, which is your song you're most proud of in the back catalogue? Oof, tricky question. Um, I actually think it hasn't come out yet, the right. song I'm most proud of. But, I mean, I'm proud of this whole, this entire album, but there's a, a track that will be out probably around Feb next year uh, called More Than, and I absolutely love it. I still can't stop listening to it. So it's, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward for that one to come out. You're building up to that one. That's going to be uh, as I say, the pinnacle of this release. The whole album is going to be a treat. We'll take a listen to Brother now and uh, enjoy the, uh, the the fact that I mean, you, you've worked so hard on all of this. And you say you, it, it's a sound that you've honed, isn't it? I mean, this, is, this isn't something you've put together quickly. Oh, no, no. This is, we've, we've worked on this for so long. And it, it feels like, for, for the first time, to be honest, the first expression of our sound. And that's... Super important to us. Well, the name you're looking out for is The King's Parade. Worth listening to what these guys are doing. And you haven't done a shout out for the rest of the band yet. We need names. So do that before we send you off into the, the rest of your day. Absolutely. So Chris, Tom and Sam and I'm Ollie. And we're all thanking everyone for listening to our track. Ollie, great speaking to you. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to, to this and your finest moment to come in February. See you soon. Cheers, mate.
sleeping every single night Thinking how to make it right And I bet you're still wondering now With a bite-sized panto arriving at the Litchfield Garrick, it's something to look forward to to make Christmas special. And now, a face that hasn't really seen the light of day since January is that of Sam Raybound, who joins me now as Dame Trot. Hello. Hello, Jason. Normally you're here annoying me, but now you're in the comfort of your living room, you lazy man. Well, see, I, I would love to be there, but lockdown restrictions mean for the safety of everybody, uh, we're limiting contact. And I even with the amount of grease paint you've got on, you've still got to be careful of COVID. No, but even in the future for the safety of everybody, you should always just stay at home. This is a much experience for me, Jason. <laughs> Thank you so much. I don't know. So, I mean, uh, obviously the excitement of Panto begins and you get together with your cast in your little cast bubble now. So, uh, what, what, what's going on? What's it like down there? Today, we've met, well, none of us have touched each other. We've all had like two metre rulers out and visors as we walk around, but I've had to be visor exempt um, unless I'm stood still. When I'm stood still, no visor. If I'm moving, I have to visor just over there. I can grab it. I have to hold it in because my hair's got so much lacquer in, I can't put visor on it. I've got too much lipstick, I can't put face mask on, you see. So we've all said hello to each other. We've virtually bumped elbows because I don't believe what Boris is doing is right. He goes around bumping everybody like mad. I think you're an idiot. You're an idiot, man. Don't touch anybody. That's not safer than that, is it? Surely that's just as good as that. <laughs> well, see, that bit you can't get in your face. I know that's a lie. You can. I've seen people who can lick their own elbow. There are these people who live amongst us, Jason. There mm -hmm. are people who can actually lick. I can't do it. I mean, I've got long tongue, but I can't lick my own elbow. I reckon Gordon the monkey could probably lick his own elbow. You'll meet him very shortly. Okay, we, we will be finding out about the rest of the cast. Um, in fact, you, in, in some ways, you could you probably get a chance to introduce us to some of them. So give us a rundown of who I'm going to meet. Well, I'll tell you who you're going to meet. You can meet one of them with me now because we have been practising. We know two metres. Uh, I'm going to bring you in. Let's, I'm going to back up slightly and we've got a two metre distance. This is my lovely friend Max, who's going to play Jack in Jack of the Beanstalk and his friend Gordon. Now, the eagle-eyed viewers amongst us may recognise Jack from... Cracker Jack? Yes, indeed. Yes, you can there. It was very good. You've got to say hello to Jack. You can, this system, you know, just about see. But he's he's there. Jason. Jason, yeah, he's living. He's you guys, you got Gordon, say hello to Bob. I'm Jason. And you're right. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, yeah. How, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. Do you not know how this works? I think you think he does. I think he, I think he's just asking. Um, it, it's actually Gordon's very much in in control of this this thing. I, I'm driving this shit. Yeah, he is. He is. Yes. Um, does this mean that Gordon, you're going to have to help him with his lines and stuff? I, I do have to help him with his lines and things like that. But you get there in the end. Yeah, I tend to get there in the end. Yeah, uh, don't do that, please. Um, okay. That's impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what you can do with your eyebrows there. Because when we're in a face mask, we can't uh, smile at people, but obviously you can actually communicate just to the power of that bit of hair on top of your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got all the communication in the eyebrows, yeah. That, that, that is quality. So, I mean, Jack on stage at the uh, Litchfield Garrick, and uh, the panto itself is bite-sized, so you're going to get 90 minutes of festive fun. 
Yes, absolutely. It's going to be all the fun of a panto crammed into a shorter session to make sure it's all COVID safe. It's going to be great. It's going to be really, really good. I told you not to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Back up, you're arguing back up. Oh, back so, up. so, so Sam, Sam's coming yeah. back in. D Dame trots back. Max and Gordon were saying, we are going to bring you a socially distant, socially secure panto. So we've only got five of us. We're technically, technically the six of us, Gordon. Uh, no. <laughs> we'll count you. We'll count are you in a bubble together? Are you uh, yeah, yeah, we're bubbled. Yeah, that's difficult, yes. <laughs> <laughs> This, since January, pretty much, is the closest I've seen two people. I've not seen people this really? close in a very long time. He doesn't have two meters on arms. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> so anyway, we're bringing you all the Christmas fun we could possibly do it in a very, very social. Hey, this is good lighting, isn't it? If I was a lighting designer, I think I'd be sacked for doing it like this. <laughs> Absolutely. But what I'm going to ask Max to do is go that way, two meters. Yeah. So Max is you have asked me to introduce other people, so another person I can talk to at two meter distance is our lovely Jackie. Hello. Hello, Jackie. So I'm going to back out, and she's going to back forward. Thank you. Forward. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I hope you're feeling well and looking forward to some festive fun. Yeah, it's lovely just to be here and meet everyone. It's so exciting. So uh, tell us about your role in the panto, then. Sure. So I'm going to be playing Jackie this year. So I'll be Dame Trot's daughter and also Jack's sister. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a real kind of girl power role, really strong female lead. So I'm super excited to bring that to Litchfield. It should be great fun. And does this mean you get some fantastic songs? Oh, I hope so. I actually don't know what the songs are yet. So it's going to be a lovely surprise to find them out. I can't wait to hear them. And obviously we're going to be a little way away from everyone getting together to do rehearsals because of the whole lockdown thing for a month. But that's still plenty of time for you to rehearse at home in the comfort of. And when everyone comes together, it's going to be great because families of up to six people will be able to come along and enjoy Panto in a social distance way. And this is something that's entirely new, but it's still going to be great. And you guys on stage are going to lead the fun. Yeah, it's actually so special to be able to do something like this in this time. I feel like it's what everyone needs. And hopefully, like you said, families and sits come together, just have a great time. Panto is one of those things that is great for everyone. There's always great jokes, great songs that everyone knows and loves. So I feel like what better thing to do um, at this time than Panto? Really lift those spirits. We'll have a great time. Absolutely. And as I say, uh, the Garrick's a great oh, place okay. to do that. Oh, thank you. Two metres that way. Two metres that way. <laughs> Jason, they all this social distance, but I've got to, I've just touched the ball and I'm going to have to wash my hands again now. But you, know, you go that way because I'm going to bring somebody else in this studio. So you want to know who else is in the panto? Yes. Like, there's a lovely little wave. Um, we've got, of course, we've got um, me, Dame Trust. We've got Jack, my son, who is a bit of an idiot, but we won't say that out loud when he's there. We've also got Jackie, who's my daughter. But we've got to have a villain and a fairy. And we've got a fairy for you. I'm going to back up and bring her in. We've got local legend, Lorraine Brown, off of singing. She's here. I want to say hello, Jason. I'm backing off this way. Hello, Lorraine. How are you doing? I'm oh, great, man. How are you? I'm very well and uh, very much looking forward to the fact that we have Panto over there. So, uh, as, as fairy, I mean, th this is a vitally important role. Uh, without you, none of the magic can happen. I, I thank you for that because that's exactly what I thought, but I just didn't want to tell everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, most important in the Panto. Certainly don't let Sam's wig know that because obviously there'll be trouble otherwise. But you've got a fantastic outfit, looking good, and uh, a fairy wings to boot. Yeah, I did want wings, but I haven't got any yet. But who knows? Who knows? Have a word. Yeah, they will be growing in time for Panto on stage. And uh, I mean, what's it going to be like spending Christmas in this uh, social bubble? I suppose with, with fairy dust, that's allowed to go less than two metres, isn't it? Listen, I've been spreading fairy dust all of my life. I really have. So it's really no big change for me, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm loving the earrings as well. I mean, they're just yours. They're not part of the costume, are they? Oh, they are mine. <laughs> I'm so glad you're paying attention to detail. Look at those. They are special things. Quality. Just like Absolutely quality stuff, and we're looking forward to seeing you on stage. Oh, hang on. Dame, Dame Trotter. They want you to go. He's had enough of me. Make sure you come and say hello. We'll do. I'll we'll look forward to seeing you at the panto and uh, we, we, with your wand. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's like a conveyor belt for you this year. It's like the conveyor belt of pantomime people. And I am a really bad Aldi assistant. Anyway, throwing him on next viciously, like I've worked in Lidl all my life, it's time for a villain. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I've got a villain for you. Um, he's, he's, he's quite a distance away, actually. So we're gonna, I'm going to back up as he comes in. He needs no introduction, because he's going to introduce himself. It's Tim, everybody! Hello, Jason. Hi. Tim, and I'm playing Flesh Creep. Wicked. Oh, well, I'm already scared. You are looking very wicked. I mean, uh, I mean the, that is impressive headgear as well. The hat is looking fantastic there. And obviously being evil at Christmas is uh, not necessarily the nicest thing to be, but you get to draw the attention of all the families as they get to boo and hiss at you. And that, again, is another important part of Panto that you wouldn't be the same without. That's right. We all need the boos, don't we, at Christmas. <laughs> With Panto this year at the Garrick, uh, you won't be able to go into the audience, so they can feel safer than usual because it means that you can't go and cause problems out there. But um, as it is, obviously, you, you're going to be causing havoc on stage. That's right. Well, I'm a deeply misunderstood person. <laughs> and I work for someone high above us. And I'm here on Earth to do his will. Absolutely. So uh, the, the giants' uh, you know, bidding will be carried out, and I dread to think the ways in which you're going to do it. But oh yeah, fingers crossed. Good will out. However, we won't find out. There's no spoilers here. We will find out at Christmas in the Panto down there at the gate. Flesh creep. Thank you for joining us. We will indeed. Thank you, Jason. You're very calm, Jason. Flesh creep. Just come back in again. Come back in. I mean, he's so evil, and yet he's wearing the campest jabot you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but where is your bow? That's from the fashion police behind me. God, get off, you evil man. Go on. Right, so that is our forecast. Only five of us plus a monkey and maybe one or two other special guests as well. I say special, don't panic. There are more than five of us. When I say special guests, uh, lovely Max has got some other friends he may bring along to see us as well. So we are bringing you a socially secure, very, very exciting, very, very, it's just, it's just nice to be out of the house, isn't it, Jason? Although you're still stuck in your house. I, I'm, I'm in the house at the moment, because I still wasn't allowed to come and see you for your own personal safety. But uh, I mean, the, the whole lockdown thing, I mean, it's very much like your life because I know you've been putting social exclusion orders on people for years. So just, I mean, lockdown and two metre distancing, it's just your world, isn't it? It's quite nice, actually. I don't like people coming too close to me. So this is a joy that I've now got an excuse for people. No, I'd love it. Although... I, I can't wait for the time I can hug somebody again. They, however, are not waiting for that moment quite as eagerly as me. <laughs> um, so when, if you go onto the Garrick Facebook page and things, we're going to be putting videos up of all the new security... I say security, it's not like an airport, but like all the new social... What's the word I'm looking for? Social distancing. Who said that? That was Tim. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to be a video of how you walk in because the box office has moved, Jason. It's oh, moved. Has it? Where is it now? It's McDonald's now. So if you go over to McDonald's and ask for two double quarter pounders with cheese, you get two tickets and bring them back to me. No, no. Uh, so the box office now is in the green room, right. which is the cafe where we all relax between shows. It gets a bit confusing here. So the Green Room Cafe is where the box office now is, but there's a one-way system, so we ask you to keep to the left. But you'll find all that out on the videos we're putting on Facebook. I've just realised, you've got Heidi behind If I do that, look, that's much better. You've got a picture of me on the wall behind me. That's much better. There I am, double. Yeah. Like, now you're in the spotlight like, a bit too much again. I am. I'm like the Lord there, aren't I? I'm like a messiah. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, uh, so uh, people obviously need to get their tickets. Uh, you mentioned how the box office is going to work. There'll be videos online. There's no doubt going to be loads of brilliant fun clips from you yeah. and the gang as well once rehearsals are underway. So how do we get tickets? Very good question, Jason. Very good question indeed. Now, at the moment, because it was happening one way and now it's a different way, you've probably put me on the spot. But what I'm going to say, and hopefully somebody over there will shout at me if I'm wrong, online, online is very <laughs> You can get your tickets at the moment. So go to uh, littlefieldgarry.co.uk? Yeah, .co.uk. I always think it's .com. It is .com. No, it is .com. No, it's Litchfield. He edited this together, Jason. Littlefieldgarry.com for tickets. And then hopefully, touch everything, cross everything from the second, because we've been told we will be able to open again, the box office will open. Now, the way it was working before was on a... Friday, you can ring up, and on a Saturday, you can walk in. And as we get closer to Christmas, the box office will be open a lot more for people to come in and get their tickets. Um, so once the tier system comes back into play, you'll have to be sitting with your social bubbles and things like that, depending on what tier you're in. Um, and you can book up to six tickets, I think. Six tickets? Yeah. 
you know, six tickets you can book up to. Uh, but please don't come on your own. Well, you can if you want, but you'd be, you, oh, it won't be as fun, will it? I mean, you could come on your own, Jason, with your notepad. Yeah, I'll, I'm just sort of, yeah, I'll take notes. You friends with Gordon. I mean, Gordon looks, looks very friendly. I'd say I'm still impressed by that eyebrow thing on top of his head. I wish I could do that, but there we go. But yeah, hopefully, once, once this national lockdown is over, you'll be able to get your tickets properly. But we do urge you, because like, tickets are selling fast. And now they know Max from Cracker Jack is here, local singing legend Ray Brown is in the show. Tickets are going to fly even faster. So from the 18th of December, we open. Touchwood, fingers crossed. Yes, uh, buy tickets. Three shows a day. Six days a week. I mean, three, three shows a day. I mean, that's, it's going to put the pressure on, but I think if anyone can do it, it's you and the gang down there me, at the Garrick. Me? You ain't me. I struggle walking up the stairs. No, but if, if you didn't go through the pain, you wouldn't be uh, the person that you are there. I think it builds your character. That's what that helps. You're not like you're motivational speaker now or something. What's happened to you? <laughs> I'll get over it. Meanwhile, you get your act together. We'll very much look forward to seeing the Garrick Panto. 18th of December is opening. When do you run into film? The 3rd of January. 3rd of January. Unless you all buy tickets and we have to put more weeks on. I mean, I'm quite happy to go to February. I've not worked all year. <laughs> buy tickets. Make it last longer. Yeah, somebody has got to pay for the hair lacquer that keeps that thing in place. So make sure you look after yourself and your family. Get yourself along to the Garrick. It is Jack and the Beanstalk, a fantastic panto. And somewhere up in the sky, there will be a, a giant looking down on them, won't there? Giants and the lot. It's, it's a still, it's a full scale, bite sized panto. I don't know how that works, but it's happening. Everything. We're giving you a full panto experience in an hour and 10 minutes. It's amazing. LitchfieldGallery.com, the cast are amazing. The fact that Sam there is good, is good enough in itself, but the rest are fantastic. Thank you all. Have a fantastic time, and I look forward to seeing you once you open on the 18th of December. Everybody else is waving, but you can't see because they're all far away now, but I'm waving. They're all waving, Jason. Wave, I'll Jason. Wave, I'm waving, I'm waving. Wave. With Anti-Bullying Week running from the 16th through to the 20th of November, there's lots of work going on to highlight the concerns around bullying. Somebody who's told the story of a 12-year-old bullying survivor, Kane Newman, is Graham Harris, and he joins me now. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Good to be here. Well, good to have you with us, and uh, thank you for telling us uh, uh, about the whole project here, because this, this is big, isn't it? Not only do we have the book that you have uh, written uh, alongside Kay, but also uh, a piece of music. So give us the whole story, please. Okay, um, so going back um, probably over a year ago, I, um, well, it was further back than that actually, probably about three years ago, where I looked back at my success as an inventor and a businessman. And um, it, it seemed, um, it, I was the kind of person, um, I would say that at school, nobody would have seen this kind of success come in, they, they would have looked at me and thought, no way would I amount to anything like this. I got, um, I went through a tough time at school being bullied when I was eight years old mm -hmm. and it really knocked my confidence quite a lot. And, and I think for the next few years, that kind of, um, the, the bullies kind of owned my mind to a certain extent and it put me on a kind of a, a backward step. So um, all these years later, fast forward over 40 years, I wrote this book about my success as an inventor and I found out that um, due to a lot of my success was due to some of the, the knocks I had in the past, over exaggerating my personality to try and fit in, to try and kind of fit in with the bullies and be a, a different person. So all these things and a lot more kind of conjured up into something that made me a person or a young child I didn't want to be. And there's a lot more kind of added to that. So um, that book went out and it made me really look back in, in my past. So I decided to, a year ago, write a, another book called Bully Back to Life, where I wanted to check out kind of, not only talk about my story of how I went through a journey and changed and transformed, but also look at other so-called um, successful people who had transformed from being beaten up. Some of them were close to suicide, attempted suicide, yet came through all of that to be successful. But when I say successful, I don't, I don't mean, um, I don't mean successful in a way that they've started their own businesses, become millionaires. I think success is a lot bigger than that. It's really owning back their own mind, kicking away the shackles, and being the person they were meant to be. So some of these people um, are doing great work now, charity work. A couple of the people in the book have started charities and got involved, and there are business people. 
and there are all, all kinds of successful people in different um, different areas, but not, as I say, not not necessarily to do with money. So putting these six case studies together has been um, quite a learning curve for me mm-hmm. and quite comforting. And it kind of really was the last piece in the jigsaw for me. So I could look back and then gain the experience and support of the other six people involved in Bullied Back to Life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bullying is something which is rife across uh, the whole community, whether it's school, work, play, everything uh, can have somebody who wants to be in control. I and mean, we, we see it in politics in some parts of the world as well. So, you know, it is uh, a very difficult situation that people can find themselves in. And sometimes someone just wanting the best for themselves can suddenly turn into, into bullying, uh, possibly without them realising it. And it's then finding a way for that person who is being bullied to stand up to that, uh, but without being so confrontational, it affects their own outlook on life. And you, you've already talked about those who've been close to suicide and the 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 way in which they felt pressure in these cases. And particularly we see in, in the in the younger, and again, this is where Kay's story comes into it as one of those six. Yeah. And in particular, with the song that uh, has come out of this, is, is we are all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Kay, um, uh, Kay is, well, she was 12 years old a year ago. She's 13 now. So I saw a poem, or supposedly I thought it was a poem that she'd written, and it kind of um, resonated with me because it had all the it, it it had all the words spilled out of her mind about what she was going through at that time. She was 12 at that time. She'd been bullied half of her life. She suffered with learning difficulties, breakdowns, and she'd um, had suicidal thoughts. But um, through all of that, a mother um, kept her really positive and um, kept kept kind of a positive spin on all of that and tried to kind of look at uh, look at the people that were doing this or the other skilled school children and try to kind of look at the, the the kind of positives of that. So I saw that as success. And the fact that her mother, Sarah, also found um, canvas painting to be her release, her kind of or their kind of medication to get through bullying. But in all of that, and, and that's why I included it, it was Kay's words that kind of stood out to me, the harrowing words of a cry out of, look, this is wrong, I'm being bullied. It's like um, never ending Monday. It's like a curse from Mr. Universe. Very innocent yet powerful words that kind of hit me and, and took me back all those years to when I was eight years old and, 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 and older. So um, I decided to, um, I asked them if I could include that in my book and also get to learn about their story because it was inspirational to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they actually did that. And I made the mistake of calling it a poem. And they said, look, it, it's not a poem, it's a song. But I said it would come across better looking like rhyme words, a poem. And uh, they almost fell out of me. And I, I, felt really, I felt really guilty because I, th- I think I upset them slightly by calling it a poem. But um, secretly, I was kind of plotting a way to um, make it into a song. And one day I would get it produced, get, get some um, professional people to sing it and produce it. And, but I didn't want to tell them at that time because I didn't want to make a f- false promise. They're in a, not a very good um, um, place in their life. And mm-hmm. Kay was still going through the bullying. So I didn't want to make that promise. So I did it secretly for the next few months. I, I was looking and searching for somebody who could, I mean, I, I don't know too much about music, I'll be honest, but um, I knew that it was her dream and I wanted to produce it. Um, I didn't know how much it would cost or anything like that, but I wanted to do it and give it to her as a gift because just to show her talent and give her that kind of leg up in life, just to say, you know, not to, not in any anything other than to say, look, this is what happened to me. I want to, I want to help other people. So that's Kay's dream is to try and help people or children her age or um, round about her age to, to get through it. And the song is profound and it's meant a lot to quite a few people already. Absolutely. And, and this is one of those things, isn't it? When it comes down to bullying, you've got to realise it isn't you. You're not doing anything wrong here. People are picking on potentially faults, but often they're, they're, it's their own insecurities and they're having a go at you to try and make themselves feel better. There is nothing wrong with you. We are all the same. And uh, this is, you know, we need a, a better life where people do work together. And in, as with the title of, of the book, when Bullied Back to Life, obviously, yeah. there in some ways, there's, there's a wake-up call for somebody who is being bullied and they need to get to that point where they go, well, hang on, I know it's not me. I know I can move forward. I'm going to be strong and powerful. I'm not going to do anybody else down because I know what others have tried to do to me. And I, I'm going to live the life that I'm meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as as a child, there's, there's you know, we, we 
I got a, a bad start in life. I came from a really good family and I thought everybody went to school to have fun and to make friends. And I, and I couldn't believe it. The, after a few weeks in, somebody was kind of grabbing me around the neck and banging my head against the um, school playground yard. And it was my self-confidence that was seeping out as well as the blood. So I went through a horrendous time, but there are other people is, um, they'll say they feel really guilty about being bullied when they were at school, particularly um, boys. They feel as though, all right, it may have happened many years ago, but it haunts them the fact that they didn't punch back or fight back or say something. But um, I, I'm just, the book's all about, look, we shouldn't feel guilty. We can't, we don't start off being perfect. Nobody's ever perfect. We start off in life. The road that, uh, the road that we take is sometimes defined by our parents. It might be that some children, unfortunately it's happened. They'll get physically, mentally, or even sexually abused. And, you know, they want to, they want to come to school and they've got problems. And so we've got to understand that. We can't understand it at the time, but it's almost like the bigger kid hits a little kid because the bigger kid's hitting them. And it, it's, it's something that I've tried to understand. And some of the bullies that um, I've been, who have kind of, kind of given me a bad time. I've had to kind of look at that and think, you know, if I met them now, I would have a drink with them. I would talk to them, some of them, but it's very painful for a lot of people. And they can't really let go of that. They feel as though, they're still owned, their past is still owned by the bully. So if a bully says something like, well, I don't think you look very nice, you, you wear glasses or you, um, the shape of you, or they'll, they'll call you all kinds of names because of your shape, your size. For me, I was very tall as a child, so I was, I was an easy target. Well, that kind of thing, it, it, kind of, it, it carries on until, into, into the rest of your life. So you get a job, you feel a bit vulnerable because you feel, look, they said this about me at school, and. I still believe that it's still in me. So you can go through your whole of your life feeling you're still that person of somebody's because of the words of somebody's described you, or you, you still carry that tag. Um, sometimes subconsciously, but sometimes wholeheartedly, it's still there. So it's a challenge, and and the book is re refreshing in a way that it it works you through that. It shows you how you can break it down and be inspired by people who felt exactly the same like me. We're not trying to say look at us. Um, because we're successful, we've done this, and we've 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 got to a certain stage in life. We're just saying our minds are free. That yes, it's still there. We've learned from it. Would I have would I have preferred for it not to happen? Yes, absolutely. I went through hell, but because it happened, and I can't change that. I'm going to use it as a platform to try and help others. Because at the end of the day, I'm six foot five, and people have said to me, "Why why on earth do you admit to this? What why don't you just keep it in the past?" Well life's all about learning business is about learning i could have done that i mean i could have avoided the embarrassing silences when friends are i know they're looking at me thinking why on earth write this book when you could write about business success and i don't think life's about that and i just felt somebody says to me you won't make money out of that book i said i don't want to make money i want to i want to i want to heal hearts i want mm -hmm. to um, i want to kind of help the brokenness that's out there with with people who are going through this. Um, so it's, it's bigger than business. It's bigger than what I do in my day to day job. It, it's something that we're going to focus on during anti-bullying week. But it's there. You know, certainly through this coronavirus, it's going to be a lot worse and it's all going to come out. Um, so it, it's a big thing to me. Yes, definitely. Well, through the work that you've done here, through the song from Kay and all the other work around this, I mean, it's an inspiration and it gives people hope to realise that actually don't let it define you, but use it as part of you being not only the better person, but also the person you should be. And don't let that sort of hold you back. I think that's an important uh, message to come out of it. Get through, yeah. get to the other side. It won't be easy. Talk to people to help them that happen as well. And I'm assuming Kay's spoken to teachers at school to, uh, to help with her situation. But don't be quiet about it. That's what the bully wants. They don't want you to say anything because they think they own you and you can't let them do that. Yeah, that, the, there's this thing also about whether you, um, anybody can be in a workplace, it can be at school or anywhere really. Are you going to be an upstander? Or, or a bystander because we've all done it i mean you look back on life you can't really have too many regrets but you can change your point forward from now on you your thoughts about bullying people don't even know they're doing it half the time or, or maybe more than that the kind of oblivious to the fact i've met so many people who don't realize that they've had an effect on somebody's life because it might be very it's very um clever the way some people might manipulate somebody's mind it might be um, understated it might be just that one word that sends somebody home unhappy or crying or um, yeah 
So um, there's, a, there's a bigger thing going, going on out there and, and we can all talk about, we all banter, we can all kind of send each other up, but if, we, if we're very honest with ourselves, um, and I'm honest with myself, there's been times where I'm glad when I'm in a group of people where somebody else is being picked on and it's not me. And the decision you've got to make is do you join in? Do you, do you kind of add weight to the bullies or the person who's trying to influence the situation? Or do you actually say, hang on a minute, can you just leave them alone? Now, that's a challenge I think we can all take on is not to put ourselves in danger, but actually stand up for somebody. Even if we're a little bit afraid, if you're a child and you're afraid to, to actually do it in front of a group of people, it's go off to in private to this person and this, this child and say, look, I'm with you. Don't worry about it. We'll get through we'll get through this together mm -hmm. because um, I think we all know, we can all think back to people who have been absolutely devastated by it and we just move on with the rest of our lives and, and not give it much thought. So this book does open it all up, make us think. I have been around groups of people when they asked me what you're writing about and I told them it was about bullying and I've seen people cross their arms thinking, oof, and be very quiet. I've had, um, at a dinner table, I've had at least every time when I, when I was writing this book, um, it, it happened probably about 10, 11 times, I get two or three people coming up to me and say, you know what, what you went through happened to me. And I look at them and I say, I, I can understand because I can see something in them, the vulnerability that I kind of think, yeah, I, I can understand it. it probably happened to you because you're a great person. You've got a lot about you, but I can see something in you sometimes. And I've also had people who said, look, I've got no shame. It, when I was at school, it was like you, you're either bullied or you bully but some of these people are great people so it's it's trying to work it all out and not kind of point the finger at the bullies and mm -hmm. it, it, it's not going to be about trying to stop this it's, it's, it's just how to control it and how to be more um, self-responsible mm -hmm. so we can all do something to try and be aware of what's going on and try and change our behavior even if it's only slightly or make a big difference yeah find a time to heal where do we find the book and the music well the book is um if, if people type in uh, through Google, through, um, um, yeah, through uh, typing bullied back to life through Amazon and put my name, Graham Harris, it'll come up anyway. So they can order that book. Now, every penny um, made through the book is going to a, a charity called Bullies Out. So we've, we've already sent a few checks over to, to help people who are suffering through this. Mm -hmm. So it'd be great if people get behind it, buy the book. Uh, so all, all proceeds go to that. And the song is um, is coming out very soon on Spotify and all the other channels. It's going to be released on November the 19th during Anti-Bullying Week. So, um, yeah, just watch out for that. And more details will come through that. And that's all being finalised at the moment. So um, the song is a gift to Kay. So if that does well, then anything that comes of that will go to her. And the positivity that it brings other people will be um, accredited to her this young girl, 12-year-old uh, girl, who's suffered a lot. Well, congratulations on the work you've done so far and pulling these six case studies together to, to into the book. Graham Harris, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Ooh, we are all the same. Ooh, we are all the same. Now listen to me, we are all human beings. This is I'm consuming born as watching fade dry. They get us in the blind spot. It's never ending. Bad dream is a day you'll never forget. Yeah, in the blink of an eye, time goes by. It's a hot potato, a huge issue that keeps going and going and stops but gets worse it's like a curse from mr universe it's everywhere
Well, that's all for this week. Back with episode 595 next week. I look forward to having you along then. See you soon. Talk on out. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.